0: Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.
0: Well, not really. What is true is that, according to Nielsen statistics, 55% of the U.S. population, that's over 155 million people, have listened to a podcast, and 24% of the population, that's
2: 68 million people, listen to podcasts weekly. And these numbers continue to trend upward. What's also true is that over 75% of all podcasts fade away after the first few episodes. It could be for a variety of reasons, lack of strong concept, poor production value, people not realizing how much time needs to be dedicated to it, or simply just not knowing how to get the word out about podcasts. That's where WeKnowPodcasting.com comes in. At WeKnowPodcasting.com, we have a combined 25 years of podcast experience, and we can help you achieve your podcasting goals. Whether you need help
3: starting a new podcast or want to take your currently active podcast to the next level, we
2: got you. From consultations to concept development, from theme music to editing, promotion, animation, graphics, you name it, and we're here to help. Don't become another failed podcast statistic. Let us guide you and help your show become a success. Check out the website at WeKnowPodcasting.com. And even if you're on the fence, don't hesitate to reach out. We're friendly guys, we're passionate about pods, and we're here to help. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Horror Movie Night. This week we're talking about a pick from Brian: Pterodactyl Women of Beverly Hills, which is a great name because it implies that there's more than one of them. Wait, is it is it women or woman? I I can't tell. So you gave us a YouTube link to watch this. Was I the only one that watched the trauma intro before the movie started, or did all three of us? No, I watched. I watched thirty seconds,
3: and then I (laughs) said, "I don't have time for this two-minute nonsense."
2: A of Lloyd literally not being able to pronounce the word pterodactyl properly (laughs) once in the entire video. I think he kept saying terracadol. But then, yeah, then there's like this very weird sketch involving a bunch of Troma actors playing Chevy Chase and Al Pacino and stuff. It's it's weird. Troma put some bad intros to their movies. But anyway, the thing that blew my mind with this movie was when I saw that it came out in 1997, because I thought that this was some like 1986 shit if I had ever had to make no a that's the
4: thing about it is that Beverly D'Angelo was probably all down in the dumps after the Al Pacino thing just saying yes to anything yeah but here's <laughs> here's the thing is that this movie is oh my god I can't believe I'm fucking about to say this this movie has good jokes I don't <laughs> think that the movie is funny and I don't think that the movie is watchable and I wouldn't recommend anybody watch it but there's some funny fucking jokes in it but they're they're like they're basically the flies on top of your soup you know it's like they're obvious but they don't go with the meal
3: yeah and this is my first mistake because i did this way too much and i do this way too much for this show i always like to ask myself why was this movie made (laughs) and this is probably this is a bold statement but i think this is one of the most this-didn't-need-to-happen movies Oh yeah, I've ever seen. Like, there is no purpose.
2: (laughs) No. Well, and, like, it came out in 1997, but it was shot in 1994. That makes a lot more sense. Because I'm like, okay, well, that gives us a time. And that gives us a Jurassic Park was just a massive hit the year prior (laughs) Uh time frame. I'm not saying that this movie is as egregiously trying to be Jurassic Park as, say, Carnosaur is but Mm -hmm. what i am saying is that someone was like dinosaurs are hot i've got that pterodactyl script that's been sitting in a drawer for two decades let's bust that
3: out yeah like it's just so hard to follow so if you take the first scene right and there's the ancient burial guy and then oh that red
4: face guy yeah
3: so like the red face guy that shit
4: is so inappropriate even for like 1994, I feel like that was inappropriate, and watching it in 2021, I was cringing my asshole into, like, a and black hole. And his
2: voice, the voice that he had him do throughout is, like, just makes it worse. No, I just like his paintings. But
4: th- but that's, yeah. what,
2: that's what confused
3: me, is, like, I don't know where this movie's going, because the pterodactyl woman's husband is not trying at all. Like, he's a bad actor <laughs> that it, you almost think is part of the joke, but then... Redface is like like he's acting his heart out, you know. Highly offensive or not, he is he is in character.
2: Two things. A, that actor died before the movie was released, which I think the trauma intro stated. Yes. Um but secondly, he's been in multiple horror movie night picks. Like he
4: looked semi familiar, but I was like, he rose me the wrong way so bad. I'm not gonna go even IMDb anybody. He's the killer from horror show. Yeah, I mean, I know what horror show was, but dude, do you realize how little mental energy I put into watching and discussing? Oh that no, no, movie? no,
2: But like, as I was scroll, because I was like, why does this guy look familiar? And I'm scrolling through his IMDb credits, and I don't remember what movie it was, but he was in something that we had covered recently. And then I started to build my own theory, but I'm pretty sure Brian discovered this movie while combing through that guy's IMDb page <laughs> during an episode. Because I'm pretty sure Brian picked this with no knowledge of anything related to it.
3: I had no knowledge of this movie. I, I looked up like the worst movies of all time okay. when I put this. Yeah, I had no idea what it was.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you could call. Quali- like, is it a movie? That's what I was gonna say. I don't know if it can qualify as a movie. It's. It's. So here's the thing that was kind of blowing my mind when I was watching it. Because I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is the same overall idea as what like an Attack of the Killer Tomatoes was but like better cast slightly higher special effects budget and what's weird is that this movie's runtime is as long as killer tomatoes actually felt uh, <laughs> like uh, this movie's like an hour and 50 minutes and i'm like this did not need oh, the hour and 50 minutes man, i'll tell you what <laughs> scrubbing through this was a
4: pleasure <laughs> like, i am not watching fucking red face yes yeah, because
3: like i didn't even catch on because it was such a take away the the offensive side of red face it didn't come off as like, hey, this is a Native American. It, it just came off as like, hey, here's a
4: caveman who's still alive somehow. <laughs> yeah, I guess that is what they were going for. They should have stuck a bone in his nose to really yeah, make it super exactly. <laughs> like that wouldn't be blackface
2: at all, would it guys? No. I know Scott, you were talking about how some of the jokes actually worked. I only had one quote that I wrote down, but I did chuckle a, a couple things. But I mean, the first the very first scene actually with the the red face you know, he says, I'm sick of you Republicans coming around here and digging up sacred ground. And he goes, but I'm a paleontologist and a Democrat. <laughs> like, and there's that it's that pause that yeah. actually made me chuckle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's
4: what I'm saying is like this movie does have some stuff in it that it's clever, you know, yeah. like and, and, and there's I do. The thing that I like the most about this film has to be the fact that everyone takes everything in stride. You know, like everybody's That's, like, oh, you're so, a pterodactyl wolf.
2: I got a were pterodactyl. Oh, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, no one's. But then we get to the ending. I don't want to jump all the way to the Oof, ending, but can. it's all a dream. Or is it? <laughs> like, yeah, and we went through this just a couple episodes a ago lot with. this like, summer. This summer has been a lot of it was all a dream endings.
4: So annoying. Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. I do think that Beverly G. Angela is actually quite funny when she does some of her things, like, because she's, she's an actual actor, you know? I mean, yeah. I, she's always been kind of on the cheese side, but she was like, I was listening to whale music just this morning, and I can understand them. They said, why do these humans keep putting microphones in our faces? And that's like, <laughs> that joke is pretty funny to me. I didn't laugh.
2: I just went... You know, (laughs) I guess that's the extent of... I uh, feel like there was a certain point when I'm watching this movie where, like, I get it that Beverly D'Angelo really only had, let's say, five years where she could be real picky about her roles. That's so mean, but not wrong. But, like, I'm watching this movie, and I'm watching Beverly D'Angelo squatting constantly in the yeah. movie. Or doing, like, a Bluth chicken impression throughout large chunks <laughs> of the movie. Have seen a chicken?
4: I love when she, at the end of the movie, when she's just standing on a top of a car and, like, squawking and flapping her arms. And there's another yeah. time when she goes, have you got any... how love it! About- In the house! And then she just scampers off with her arms, like, tucked back. It's kind of like the worst Naruto run you've ever seen. I mean, that shit is funny, but it's also not funny in a
2: comedic way. It's just so absurd. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I can imagine if this was someone's first movie role. You know what I mean? Sure. If we were watching this, and this movie came out in 1977, and it was Beverly D'Angelo's, like, first feature film role you're like man the things people do just to like (laughs) get a chance at being in a movie but it's like oh no no (laughs) she's been she's been working the
3: director and i and i i don't blame the director and writer as much as i blame like their friends it's like the same thing with like theo vaughn for me is like yeah i get annoyed that they're famous theo vaughn was on the real world but now he's like a stand-up comedian but like you have to kind of dig deeper and be like Somebody co-signed this. Like somebody is encouraging this. this shit. Yeah, and it's like
2: you're really funny, dude. This is, You Just should make a up movie. <laughs> yeah, you should get up on that stage, dude. Yeah, the crowd, the crowd wants it. Yeah. Like, you know,
1: yeah. Dude, it was hilarious,
2: man. You know, like, <laughs> you know, no, I mean, that is uh... that is what it always comes down to is like I, I jokingly say this and I, I kind of got this from the Kid Chris show, too. But like there is a time and a place for bullying and sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes your friends bullying you <laughs> makes you be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't upload this video that I shot. On the TikTok, that's what what all the teenagers
4: need is they need more bullying. Exactly, I (laughs) stand by here.
2: Do
3: not bully a stranger, but you should bully your family and friends. Like (laughs) I 100% stand by that. Just,
4: just verbally, you know, like yeah, verbally, verbally verbally tell them that they're doing stupid shit. Yeah,
2: yeah, I know that you're doing this, but I'm promising you that two years later. You're gonna wish you didn't <laughs> upload this and it's gonna be a lot harder to scrub it once it's been up there. So like Yeah, this will not end well for you. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
4: And you know, I don't know why, but so much of watching this movie, all I could think about was that part from Bo Burnham inside where he goes
1: that's
2: <laughs> all I could think about. So the first note I wrote down was, fuck yeah, claymation, dinosaurs. And then they call attention to it because it's that again. I was like, oh, this is from the 70s. But that's because they just took footage from a different movie that was made in the 70s and uh, used I mean, the dinosaur you? footage in the movie. Yeah, I think
3: we own that movie. I'm pretty sure.
4: There's a tape of it I believe truly that there was this dinosaur tape that everybody had back in the mm-hmm, 80s mm-hmm. and we're going to yes. talk about that when we do the what did we watch because the huge irony of watching this fucking movie is that the what did I what did we watch this week my contribution is was not my own choosing but it lined oh. up perfectly <laughs> So we'll get all there. All right.
2: Well, then. the the only other things like I didn't hate. So here's the here's the wizard behind the curtain on <laughs> Matt's reco- watching of this. This was on and I was paying attention to it and I could tell you all the plot beats of it. But while it was on, I was also folding and wrapping every single roll of crit T-shirt that we got. <laughs> So that I could take them to a convention tomorrow. So
3: like I'm just gonna be honest. One out of the three movies that we're discussing tonight, I sat there the whole time, didn't look at my phone and paid attention, and it was probably the one movie that I
2: could have had on in the background. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, hey, good movies a good movie, right? The three things that grabbed my attention so badly that I had to stop what I was doing with the shirts and write down a note to remember it. The first one just says, that CGI tongue, though, when his assistant gets turned into a lizard, oh, yeah. and it's the only usage of CGI in the whole movie is this awful Super Mario Brothers movie-like tongue that uh, shoots out of his mouth.
4: Don't, don't put awful and Super Mario Brothers movie in the same sentence, my friend.
2: Yeah, can we <laughs> pick a Patreon
3: winner twice, dude? Let's talk about that again.
2: <laughs> the next note just says, they all start with that. This one says, that sex scene, though. So that caught my attention. And then the last one was, oh, that baby is cute. Those are my three takeaways while I was watching this. Yeah, I, I wasn't paying
3: attention, but I did notice that there was a second pterodactyl at some point. I don't know when he was reintroduced. I noticed him when he was swimming in a pool explaining how pterodactyls are also human so they can get impregnated by humans.
2: So that was the same actor who played the uh we'll say the caveman we'll we'll go with the intentions i guess the actor who played the caveman also plays the weird semi-irish semi-australian like medicine man that keeps giving him the blue martinis yeah and then turns out that he's also a pterodactyl man which is why he knows so much about it gotcha gotcha nice little curveball and that he was turned into a pterodactyl by the exact same caveman. That,
3: that caveman, he's an incorrigible bastard. But
2: that's that's when he starts to figure out that they're all characters in someone's dream.
3: Oh, I missed that.
2: Yeah, he's like, I think we're all just characters in a dream. And you're like, who would dream something like this? And then, you know, the movie ends with like a is it or isn't it a dream type ending. Which...
3: Oh, so we don't confirm that.
2: Yeah, yeah. But it's implied heavily. Gotcha. What did you think of the baby pterodactyl, buddy? I thought it was a cute. I thought it was very cute. That's it. Did you, let me, add, this is the other one. I need to know, because I know your sense of humor. Did you laugh at the dinosaur fart scene? Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just a little. Huh?
2: <laughs> and then also you have the son just desperately wanting to know about dinosaurs' penis sizes. Yeah.
4: How big is their cock,
2: dad? <laughs> which like the weird thing is that I was giving this movie too much credit as far as screenplay writing goes, because when they did go back in time to the dinosaur era, I was like, Oh man, we're going to see a dinosaur dick. Or like this kid's going to solve the day because of his knowledge of dinosaur penises. Nope. No call. That was not the it. case. Never, never had a callback. Just a weird scene of a kid asking about the sex organs of dinosaurs.
3: So I want you to rewrite this movie,
2: Matt <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> right now on the spot. Okay.
3: I want you to end this movie, but understanding the size of a dinosaur's cock (laughs) ties it up.
2: Go ahead. Well, the caveman's like, I will turn your mom back if you can answer me these questions three. (laughs) Question one What is the length and girth of a T Rex's penis? The kid's like, I've thought about this long and hard, sir, pun strongly intended, (laughs) and I've concluded that it is 10 feet long, and he's like, all right, one question down, next question. (laughs) Is that the end of the movie? We don't get the other two questions? I mean, we'll get the other two questions. I'm just saying that there's no callbacks to anything that happens in this movie. Every moment of this movie is inconsequential to the next scene that follows it yeah it's, it's like a that very... weird david lynch blue martini song
4: yeah but like you said it's it's very much a killer tomatoes movie yeah.
0: what's up everybody this is brian here to tell you about our podcast binge town tv Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast. Put down
1: that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.
2: Double feature. Pterodactyl woman of Beverly Hills. Women, woman, one of those. Go. So since I
3: can't remember the dinosaur movie that Scott's going to talk about, I'm just going to ah. tie it I'm going to double feature it with We're Back. But I know that we had a VHS of claymation dinosaurs that we used to watch.
2: If that. I'm thinking of the same one, there is a scene where it zooms in onto a radio, like a stereo, and there is a dinosaur playing guitar inside of there to do the theme song before it then just becomes an educational video about dinosaurs are we
3: sure that we're not thinking of Ooh, i changed my double feature i'm going to double feature this with a music video weird al's jurassic park it's like part- nice.
2: <laughs> for a split second i was like does brian know denver the last dinosaur well enough to be like i want to double feature this with denver the last dinosaur so i do know
3: denver and i don't know how i know denver
2: probably because you are related to me would That's be the true. answer to that Scott, do you remember Denver the Last Dinosaur? I do not. I'm too old. I don't think that, that was my thing. He's our friend and a whole lot more. He was a rock and roll dinosaur from uh, Los oh, Angeles.
1: Oh,
2: yeah, dude. <laughs> I can see him. I didn't know that was his name. All right. So on paper, this movie doesn't make any sense as a double feature, right? But multiple times while this movie was on, I kept mistaking Beverly D'Angelo as Kathleen Turner and serial mom (laughs) and the way that everyone just kept immediately buying into everything that was happening the same way that like no one questions the fact that serial mom is serial mom. I was like, this feels like a John Waters movie that like, John Waters wrote, and then someone else took the script and was like, "Oh, we can't film this. We got to <laughs> make this way more family friendly and tame." Yeah, I love it. I, I agree, and obviously, I'm going with Tammy and the T Rex because any excuse. Ooh. That was my that was my backup plan. I appreciate if that someone you gave beat it me, to me to Serial Mom.
3: What was my <laughs> T Rex movie with uh, Whoopi Goldberg?
2: Oh, that was Theodore Rex.
3: Theodore Rex, <laughs> baby. You know, and, and
4: if we really wanted to do a, a super horror movie night triple feature, we would take one of those double features and then we would triple feature it with Prehysteria, which was... Uh, yes, yes. Scored by is a Chucky Band movie scored by Richard Band, mm,
3: the Band Brothers.
4: So what I remember from that Dino VHS is that there was a lot of of claymation, but it was very old claymation at the beginning. It was basically like 1930s and 40s, I believe claymation. If there was such a thing in the 30s, but uh, in the 40s definitely. So it's like very shitty black and white, and it has like the dinosaurs. They would like, you know, rap. They like chew on each other's necks and shit. And, but it was educational. It was about 20 minutes long, but I watched that shit so much. And there was a guy in the basement talking about, I think he was talking about either T-Rexes and their teeth or flying dinos. But I can just see his, like, wood panel basement and being like... And I think he was wearing a safari outfit, like a fucking weirdo. But yeah, I, I that's one of those, like, is it real kind of things. I saw some of the footage of that in the the movies that we that made us episode on jurassic park which is the what did i watch this week and it was very good and it's so funny because i've seen multiple mini docs about that movie and this one had stuff that i've never even seen before and it was all about the special effects
2: i have a weird love love hate with movies that made us because like I think that they give some of the most interesting facts and I learned so much more about these movies that I love than I ever knew before, but I can't fucking stand the person that they have doing the narration for those fucking
4: shows. Oh, and the he editing is on atrocious my left and they just, they make everybody look like a fucking yutz, which is so yeah. weird because they're, <laughs> like, they, it
2: makes me so angry. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I and mean, I like, sat that through drives that, drives me insane. It. I don't think yeah. I would sit through just any episode of that
2: fucking show. Brian, what did you watch this week, if anything? I actually did have time to watch
3: one thing in a four-day period, and it is there's a new docu-series coming out every once in a while. It's not it's not consistent, but it's called Music Box on HBO Max, and they released their first documentary, full-length documentary, and it's just all about Woodstock '99. Um, oh,
2: I want to watch that. Yeah. I heard that that is. Yeah, fantastic.
3: It's uh, the people are annoying, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think there's there's first of all the guy who ran it is like the worst type of person ever. He's just evil, and then like a lot of the people being interviewed, it's like you mean well. But you're really digging for a deeper meaning, other than the fact that it's just a bunch of shitty college kids being shitty college kids. Like that's yeah. kind of that's what happened. But it's good. So
2: I want to talk about something that I read uh, real quick, which is kind of a coffee table book, honestly, called um, "The Bad Movie Bible." Which I'm probably going to comb through it for some future picks because pretty much anything that's in that book that we've watched. Has been an instant classic for horror movie night. So I assume the ones that I've never heard of will also be instant classics Uh. for horror movie night. But it's broken into four categories bad action, bad sci fi fantasy, bad horror, and then everything else. So it'll talk about like the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club. Like, the anomaly movies, where it's just like, I don't even know what genre this falls into, Mm. but all right, that was pterodactyl woman, women, whatever of Beverly Hills from 1997, Uh, a, an attempt at a horror comedy that leaned very hard into the comedy. Next week, we're going to talk about a classic horror comedy that leans a lot more into the horror element of things. So come and join us next week.
0: what's up everybody this is Brian here to tell you about our podcast bingetown tv Pitchtown TV is when we have a special guest pitch us a show by having us watch the pilot and trying to convince us to watch the rest. If you're craving more content on some of your favorite TV shows, then you should listen to Bingetown TV. Find us on our website at bingetowntv.com, the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever else you may find your podcast.
1: Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan.